0: The Spanish announce table. It is Tom rolling solo tonight. Uh, Got a little bit of a different view. Usually, you have some fun uh, backgrounds, but as uh, anyone who is a uh, longer term uh, listener or viewer of the YouTube or podcast, uh, you all know that Tim is the one pushing the knobs. Uh, moving the faders, doing all the fun stuff like that. So for me going solo, there you go. You're going to get my background. Uh, and we got a fun show for you tonight. I should say I, because again, it's just me. Um, got a lot of stuff to talk about. Last night, Tim and I went to AW Dynamite. It was here in Kansas City, specifically Independence, Missouri. And uh, we really had a great great time. I tell you, you know, AEW does a really great job of putting together a show that you want to be at. I always say the difference between uh, a Dynamite and a Raw or SmackDown is that Raw or SmackDown feels like it's a TV show. Oh, and hey, by the way, there's fans here. And Dynamite has always felt like, hey, this is a thing that's happening in a city. You, the viewer, don't you want to check it out? And so... That's where I think the difference is, and that's the feeling I always get uh, when I go to those shows. So we'll talk about Dynamite, uh, kind of what I thought about some of the fallout, some of the matches, things like that. Um, But before I get into that, I wanted to share with you a little bit to make this episode a little longer uh, about the uh, fun things that I've been up to. I recently uh, visited and uh, saw... A couple wrestlers. So the first one I got to meet was uh, good old Sheamus. And I tell you what, you know, say what you want about Sheamus's career and storylines and all of that. But I don't know if I've met a more genuinely nice and personable wrestler in the entire time I've done all this stuff. You know, i met Eddie Kingston, Hangman, Brian Danielson, all these guys, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, all of them. And Seamus was the only one that threw me off where he was asking me questions. He was asking me where I was from. Uh, It was St. Patrick's day. I was wearing uh, a family bar t-shirt. The the story is, is that my family has a bar in Ireland. I went to Ireland. I didn't see it. I didn't find it. Um, But that's not to say it's not there, Uh, but it's also to say that it it even exists because my family can be some bullshitters. And so... Uh, we were talking about that. we were talking about the beautiful west side of Ireland and how uh, that's the place where you really got to visit and um, go to. Uh, you also uh, or excuse me. We also talked about how in Kansas City has a big Irish population and uh, kind of the old Irish mob. Got to talk to him, honestly, for about seven minutes. It was really cool. Uh, very nice, very personal. I would say if you like to go do those things where you're meeting celebrities, wrestlers, whoever it is, if Seamus is uh, near you, I would say 1 million percent go do it. He was absolutely awesome. I, I became a huge fan of, of his after I met him. I was a fan of his. I like his style. That's the kind of style of pro wrestling that I enjoy. Uh, but after meeting him, I thought he was just absolutely awesome. And uh, then, well, actually, you know what I'm going to do first? Just because I don't trust myself, I'm going to see if this is working. So I'm going to turn the – there it is. I heard my reaction. So I just want to make sure my microphone, because I don't see that the, the thing is moving. So you never know what's happening there. Um, so, yeah, Met Sheamus. absolutely awesome guy. Um and if you've met Sheamus, uh, again, we got the live chat. Uh, feel free to put in your comments how he, how he was with you. Um, or if you've met anyone recently, let me know before we get into our Dynamite recap. Uh, but yeah, got to meet Seamus on St. Patrick's Day, which I mean is pretty awesome, right? And that was Friday. Did not go to SmackDown. Thought about it. Kind of wanted to after the Seamus thing because I knew he had a match with Drew McIntyre that night. Nah, I I just figured, you know, it's just SmackDown and Raw just doesn't have the appeal to go to. I watched it. I thought it was fun to watch, but I didn't necessarily think it was a have to be there kind of thing. Now, SmackDown obviously ended with the hug between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That was great. I still don't think I missed anything watching it from home and not at the Team Mobile Arena. So that was Friday, Saturday. Got the opportunity, went to Comic-Con, second time uh, going to that. Last year was my first year. This was my second year, and went to meet uh, Jungle Boy. Now, funny story, it wasn't initially going to be Jungle Boy. So uh, when I had signed up to go to Planet Comic-Con to do a meet and greet, it was with Kevin Nash, and thought I was going to meet Kevin Nash, ready to go. I had my NWO shirt, my Outsiders, I was ready to, like, you know get dropped off and everything morning of Saturday see a notification Kevin Nash uh, unfortunately has canceled uh the weekend he will not be at Comic-Con my heart was in my stomach I was so bummed out on top of that uh the only other person I could meet with the direct you know exchange would be Jungle Boy. And I love Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy is great. I think he has a bright future. He's one of the fun ones to watch uh, when his segments are on or his matches are on pay-per-views. I think back to his match with Luchasaurus in the, the cage match at uh, the last pay-per-view, I believe it was. So big fan of Luchasaurus, or excuse me, of, of Luchasaurus and of Jungle Boy. However, the meet and greet with Kevin Nash was at 1.30. The meet and greet with uh, Jungle Boy was at 5.30. So had to move around some things, shuffle some cards, um, break some promises, unfortunately. Uh, but I was able to meet Jungle Boy. And again, another just sweetheart of a guy. Really easy to talk to. Made you feel super comfortable. There was no anxiety. He didn't big time me. He didn't big time anyone, really. And uh, got to hang out and talk to him. Uh, asked him if he was going to be uh, at Dynamite. He told me he wasn't. Unfortunately, he wasn't booked, but he did record something, which again, we'll get into when we do our recap. Um, talked to him for about five minutes, got his autograph, got a picture with him. Awesome experience. And then we're going to fast forward to Tuesday night. So the night before Dynamite, AEW uh, did an outreach with my old high school. So I went to school at William Christman, It's here in Independence, Missouri. Uh, Graduated in 2004 because I'm old. And they decided to do AEW Slam Dunk. And it was a series of games uh, like Knockout. They played horse except for his AEW. Uh, They did a three-point competition. They did a slam dunk competition, which no one there could dunk except for Satnam Singh. Colton Gunn did dunk once, but it was really hard for him. Like he was putting all of his effort into doing it. Uh so yeah Satnam Singh obviously won the slam dunk competition because no one else could. And uh it was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope they do this AW slam dunk more often like when they're traveling. It seemed like all the talent had a great time. Uh you had that Paul White, Big Show, uh MC you had Mark Henry also emceeing the event. Uh you had Kenny Omega Don Callis, Ricky Starks, Jade Cargill, uh, the Ass Boys Gun Club, whatever you want to call them, um, Orange Cassidy, who Satnam Singh, as I mentioned, Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs got a three, by the way. If you want to run up on Powerhouse Hobbs and do a one-on-one game in basketball, watch out because that guy, he's got a shot on him. I tell you. Um, so yeah, they were all there. Having a great time. They seem to genuinely enjoy. It. Oh, Nick Jackson was there, obviously. Nick Jackson won uh, the both games of knockout. Jade Cargill won the uh, horse AEW game. Uh, Satnam Singh, as I mentioned, uh, had the um, slam dunk competition. Um, and then the three point competition was actually a William Christman uh, basketball player. So Colton Gunn had the record. And then a William Crispin basketball member joined the competition and beat them by one with 10 seconds left. It was really cool. The whole crowd, there's probably about 350, 400 people there. Uh, We were going crazy. It was, it was electric. It was a lot of fun uh, to be at AEW Slam Dunk. So I think that was their first event. Again, we don't fact check here. Um, But Yeah. uh, If they do that around your town as well, like co-signing a lot of things here tonight. So if if you get a chance to meet Sheamus, definitely do it. If you get the chance to meet Jungle Boy, take that opportunity. And if there's AEW slam dunk, uh, the money goes to a good cause. In this case, it was to the men's basketball team. But I imagine it'll be for other things if they travel. Uh, But definitely go out and support them uh, there because uh, it was great. I had a great time uh, didn't get picked. They were picking people out of the audience. I was ready. I had my LeBron's on. I had my, 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 my basketball shorts on. I, I bought a basketball for this because I hadn't shot a basketball in for so long. So I got a basketball probably the week before I went to local rec centers. I was getting shots in. I was, I was doing my routine of, uh, 200 layups, 100 free throws, uh, 53s. I was doing everything thinking like, if they call me, I'm going to bust their ass not to be, didn't get picked. <laughs> and so it was just me sitting in the stands with my wife. My wife was kind enough to go with me. Uh, she actually had a great time too. We we almost lost our voice cheering. That's how much fun it was to be completely transparent. We uh, legitimately were cheering all night uh, for all the different uh, people competing and also the AEW talent. So really fun time. So yeah, that was... Uh, My week leading into Dynamite. And so now let's get into last night's AEW Dynamite that took place again in the great city of Independence, Missouri, the home of the 33rd president of the United States of America, Harry S. Truman. And if you want a fun fact to tell your friends, you can ask them, here's your trivia, you can ask them, what does the S stand for in Harry S. Truman? And when they say, "Oh, no, Smith," you say, "No, it stands for nothing." His parents gave it to him as an initial and said, "You pick it later," and he never did. Pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, that's your fun fact about independence. Um, but yeah, last night, so we get into it. We kick off uh, with kind of a different type of presentation. We don't get the fireworks. We don't get the hair comes the boom. We get ambulance. So right off the jump, it's uh, told us that the Young Bucks have been attacked. Matt Jackson leaves. Nick Jackson leaves. You got Kenny Omega. You got Don Callis. You got Hangman all concerned. Hangman takes upon himself to get into the ambulance as Kenny Omega felt like he wanted to get into the ambulance. But Don Callis, keep that name in mind. Tells them no, hey man, you got this dream match tonight. You gotta, you gotta stay, you gotta get ready for this dream match. Like the 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 doctors and everything will take care of the young bucks. Like, you gotta focus. Thought that was interesting, but nonetheless, hangman gets in the ambulance, takes off with them, and then we get the start of the show. And as always, it seems like, especially in the last, I would say five months, uh, it kicked off with. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy walks out, uh, as I've mentioned before, in other um, AEW episodes, or excuse me, Spanish Announceable episodes of AEW. Uh, he is the MVP, the backbone, the lifeblood of making shows run right now. Rampage, Dynamite, Dark, Elevation, whatever it is, you plug and play and he'll be there for you. And in this one, uh, we get a six-man tag. It is uh, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting taking on kip sabian butcher and the blade now i'm gonna tell you a fun side story i love sting you probably already know that uh he's right there as a micro brawler uh, here he is as the retro sting here he is as the crow sting uh, huge fan of sting and so when sting came out i jumped on my chair Fun fact, I don't have good balance. So I fell through the chair and ended up hurting myself because I braced uh, with my arm to catch myself. And as I did, I got a jolt of electricity, I don't know, pain. That's what it really was up my arm, into my elbow, into my shoulder. Couldn't feel my hand the rest of the night. So I was in pain, but I had a great time. (laughs) So that's how the night started for me. Um, But Sting came out. It was great. Uh, I really thought this match was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought Sting was the MVP. Uh, Again, he kind of did some of those Orange Cassidy spots. At one time when he was laying on the ground, he did the slow roll away from Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian runs over, gets on the other turnbuckle, then he rolls away there, does the slow kicks, does the slow pounding of the chest. Sting was a delight. It was so much fun to see Sting, who is a legend, kind of let down his guard and have some fun in a match because you know some uh, legends free agent legends Goldberg uh, like to take themselves super serious and we've got to be the character all the time and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be but I am saying sometimes you can have some fun and Sting seems to get that right now in uh in this stage of his career at 64 years old 64 years old. Here's the fun fact about him on the micro brawler, it says his uh, debut, November 28th, 1985. I was born October 2nd, 1985, and I'm old. So, what does that make him? You know what I mean? Uh, it makes him a badass. That's what it does. Because, like I said, he does great. Darby allen does great. Orange Cassidy obviously did great. I liked Orange Cassidy, how he did the face paint of the no and the C. I thought that was fun. Um, but post-match, uh, Sting and Darby Allen, or excuse me, Sting and Orange Cassidy are having fun. Orange Cassidy puts the glasses on Sting. Sting puts his hands in his pocket. All the while though, Darby Allen is staring at the double or nothing sign, uh, basically alluding to the fact that, Hey, this is cool. The six man is fun and everything. Uh, but I'm focused on getting that title. And as soon as this match ends, we get a backstage, um I guess vignette it was a packaged video uh, and this is where jungle boy told me earlier he he filmed this and it was a recap of MJF's rebar mitzvah and then it was uh some thoughts from uh Sammy Guevara jungle boy and Darby Allen still looks like we're going that route as far as maybe a four-way match I don't like to say fatal four-way because no one's gonna die I mean I hope not but that's not the intent is to kill someone. So it's not fatal. Uh, So a four-way match. The thing that concerns me, if I'm being honest, is, you know, it's in, what are we at? March right now. And that's in May. I I just hope we have enough gas in the tank to get us to the pay-per-view. Because sometimes we like to have a great idea, AEW does, and then forget about the next week and then we kind of stall and then we get three weeks of great programming and then we stall again and so I fear with the heavyweight championship picture we might do that because we have so many moving parts of Sammy and Jungle Boy and Darby and MJF I'm positive and patient but um we'll see we'll see how it goes but I'm definitely still intrigued into what they do next so we go to the commercial, we come back, there's a hype reel for, uh is that how you say his name? I don't know, probably nailed it. I feel like I always nail it, uh, and Kenny Omega. And if you've been on the internet for more than 10 minutes in the pro wrestling space, you've heard that this match is controversial because there's no story. And again, anyone who's listened to us long enough knows that we are story guys. We, the moves are fun, but we want the stories. However, I will say in the, in defense of this match specifically, sometimes you can just say, Hey, that guy in another promotion is fucking good. And our guy here, that's the best they're going to fight. And sometimes that's all you need. And I think that's what I needed here. I didn't need too much because you told me as the audience, uh, or AEW telling the audience that, uh, Faikino or by I don't know how to say his name. Um, is a badass. So I bought that. Okay, great. Story is he's a badass. He's coming to AEW. <coughs> Our badass in AEW, Kenny Omega. So I was into it. I didn't necessarily need any more of it. Uh, and as we get to the main event, yeah, they definitely delivered. But before that, we get a AEW tag team championship match. Top flight taking on the champions, the ass boys. And this was pretty good. I thought, you know, for two younger teams, and as we said last week, Tim and I, I think the focus is starting to switch over to the trios championships. So maybe the tag championships is where the juniors will go. So such as top flight ass boys who are the champions, maybe. And this is where a good fit for them. It was a title match, but it wasn't necessarily the the main event, the focus of it. So, they could get in there, do their thing, but not have that pressure of delivering an all time moment. So, uh, this was really good towards the end, the kingdom, which there's three of them and they always do this, the four, if you know what that means kingdom, maybe there was a fourth member and that person left and then they just kept on like, well, what we like four. So we're going to do that. It's also kind of silly because the four horsemen, right? I know they do it this way and the four horsemen did it this way, but still, uh, I don't know. I just, anyhow, but they come out and they distract top flight. So the ass boys retain their championship championships. I should say, Uh, but they don't get to uh, necessarily celebrate for too long because post-match FTR comes down and man, you want to talk about a pop. They almost blew the roof off the building being there live. That music hit and we went apeshit. They come down, And they're saying, hey, we want a rematch. And credit to uh, ass boy number one, Austin Gunn. I think that's right. Uh, He was great in this. We're not going to give you a match. No. Well, what if we broke up? No. Well, what if uh, you you need to prove it, right? You only beat us once. Prove that you can beat us again. No. And Austin was just doubling down, tripling down. We're not going to give you a rematch. Finally, Bald FTR, uh, Dax, um, says, you know what? Here, fine. Final offer. We will leave AEW if we can't beat you for the championships. How about that? And that changed the tune of the Ask Boys. Then they started to look, thought it over for a moment, and they took the deal. So I think this is going to be at double or nothing. We'll find out. But... Ass boys versus FTR. FTR loses. They leave AEW. And again, going back on that social media pro wrestling space, if you've been, you know, checking out any tweets or Facebook posts or news articles, you know that FTR has been flirting with this. Will they? Won't they uh, leave AEW and go back to WWE? I personally think they've re-signed. I don't think Tony Khan would do a loser leaves town for FTR at this point, if they were already deciding to leave, I think he would have just kept them off TV. Hey, ass boys, they beat FTR kind of bang that drum a little bit, but not have FTR back on TV. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. So that they are on TV, that they are getting that big pop, uh, that they are getting new merchandise. I think there's a new shirt, Pro Wrestling Tees. That tells me, at least my hunch, is that uh, FTR is staying with AEW. So I expect them to get the win, which is great. Ass boys getting to be tag champions, uh, You know, dropping the belts to FTR, no harm in that. Gives them credi- credibility moving forward to say that they're former champions, things like that. Uh, I think it's a win-win for FTR to beat. Uh, the ass boys for the Tag Team championships but we shall see maybe I'm wrong maybe FTR is going I don't know it's fun and here's the other thing I don't want to know I don't don't tell me don't tell me I don't want to read the you new know, they have uh, resigned on uh, April 1st Now nah, just just let me watch the TV show and I'll figure it out right that's what I'm hoping for um so we shall see I'm excited about that. All right, so then after that confrontation, we go backstage. Jade Cargill is being interviewed. Uh, She's there with Layla Gray and Smart Mark Sterling. Uh, She's running down Ty Valkyrie and then says, hey, cease and desist on that fucking finisher you got, Ty, uh, or Taya. I don't know how to say her name. Again, I didn't know her last week, and I caught so much shit because I don't watch Impact and all these other promotions. I watch AEW, and I'm aware of WWE. Sorry. but I think her name's Ty, Tay, Tay, Tay Valkyrie. I'm going to go with that. Correct me in the chat if uh, if I'm wrong here. Um, but Jade Cargill says, hey, cease and desist on that fucking finisher because that's mine, lady. And we'll see what happens there. I don't know. The, it's a credible contender for Jade Cargill and she desperately needs that. A fresh face who, again, in other promotions has been a big deal. So that person beating Jade Cargill isn't necessarily a huge upset. So that's welcomed, but we've been saying this for a few weeks now. Jade Cargill has surpassed the TBS championship. She needs to be up there now with, uh, you know, Jamie Hayer, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. That's where she belongs. This mid-card title thing, she's a star. She's past that, in my opinion. She needs to be going for the women's championship, being the face, the real face of the division so we'll see how that goes but as of right now again as i said earlier positive and patient uh with this storyline all right next up we get the comedy kind of kicked off the show uh as far as matches with a comedy uh, six-man tag and this one we get a no no disqualification match stokely hathaway taking on hook and The details in this was great. Stokely Hathaway, we have talked about, is phenomenal. He needs to be. He needs to gain some credibility because he's so funny. But if you gave him some real top level guys, I think he could also be serious and get those guys over. But currently, with the state that he's in with the the firm, he's still doing just comedy, which he's great at. But I think we can do more with them, giving him some credible uh, uh, talent around him. But in this one, he walks out. The firm, when he's looking at him, they're giving him the thumbs up. When he turns his back to walk down to the ring, they're biting their nails, sighing. They don't think this is going to be good. And then Stokely Hathaway gets in. Hook then follows him with his music hits, does his you know lap around the ring, gets into the corner. And Stokely Hathaway grabs the mic and says, hey, guess what? doctor didn't clear me didn't clear me and guess what on top of that I'm retired here it is here's my note hands it to Justin Roberts and it's a receipt I think it was a wing stop receipt so the referee rips it up and says we we're doing this match and credits to Stokely Hathaway this was a little bit more physical than I thought I really thought it was going to be pro wrestling moves and we're in and out but We had him get T-bone suplexed onto a guardrail. There was a suplex onto the outside. I mean, Stokely Hathaway, for not being a week-in, week-out wrestler, took some bumps here. And Hook did the Hook thing, uh, beating him up at every turn, gets the submission victory. I think now, with Hook, I'm ready for him to be challenged. You know, we got so excited for the split second when it was – Uh, W. Morrissey and him doing the stare down. And I think we need more of that. (coughs) Excuse me. I I think we need, well, Hook's a badass, but can he overcome fill in the blank? I really think, you know, uh, you got a guy over there uh, sitting on the sidelines that's a badass that can really, you know, throw some people around. I think a Miro with Hook would be fun I think I would put Miro over just so that we can get that out of the way for Hook and then we can rehabilitate him you know coming back but Hook trying to overcome the man that has a feud with God and Miro I think that's money that's where I would go but again maybe I'm just saying that because I want more Hook and I need to see Miro but that's how I feel so again fun match here a lot of good comedy spots Ah, uh, pretty physical for it being just a comedy match, uh, and then Hope gets the victory. Um, all right, so then we come back from commercial. We see Tech Nine in the front row. If you don't know who Tech Nine is, he is the number one independent recording artist in the world. So he is not signed to any major label, uh, no Bad Boy or Virgin Records or any of that stuff. He does it all on his own. It's called Strange Music. Uh, You might have heard of him because The Rock is a huge fan. And if you recall, The Rock did a rap song, it was with Tech Nine. So uh, maybe that's your pro wrestling connection. Here in Kansas City, we see him everywhere Uh, Chiefs games, Royals games, uh, MMA fights, um, other rappers coming to town. He shows up there wrestling, you know. So he is a mainstay in Kansas City. Um, So it's good to see him showing up at an AEW show. After that, though, we get Adam Cole making his entrance, and this was good. I think Daniel Garcia is an interesting first match back, so as Adam Cole comes out, he's like, who am I going to face? Daniel Garcia's music hits, and Garcia's like, what makes you special? I'm the one beating Brian Danielson. I'm the one here beating everyone, being the most featured wrestler uh, on the roster while you're over there, you know, taking care of your boo-boos, like. What makes you special? Why am I not getting all this stuff? And so then eventually they say, well, let's let's fight next week. And it's the first time ever, at least that's what we're being told, Adam Cole, Daniel Garcia. I think it's going to be a good match. And again, I don't think this is meant to be a huge, oh, my God, we're, we're going to change hell and water or earth and water here with, with a storyline that's uh, for the ages, right? Nothing like that but i don't know daniel garcia is good but js just drags him down he was a really interesting wrestler i found him very intriguing especially when it was that pulling on each sides from brian danielson and chris jericho but then after that you know it's just been it's fine but Adam Cole's going to get the victory here. And that doesn't hurt Daniel Garcia, but I, j- I just wish there was do- more with him right now. Cause he kind of seems like he's a neutral, just hanging out wrestling guys to wrestle guys and be on television. All right. So then after that, uh, we come back and Alex Marvez is outside the locker room of Kenny Omega. And Don Callis and Kenny Omega are arguing. Don Callis is like, "You need to be focused." And Kenny Omega saying, "I'm distracted. My best friend's just left on a damn, um, you know, ambulance. Like I I should be with them. I shouldn't be here." Don Callis like, "No, that's probably the best thing to happen to us. Like we need to be focused. You are the god of pro wrestling." And this is where, if you start to connect some dots. If I'm guessing, I'm thinking Don Callis is behind all of this. I'm thinking, I, I obviously, he didn't attack the Young Bucks. I think he paid the Blackpool Combat Club to do that so that Kenny Omega and him can ride off into the sunset together. We can drop this dead weight of the Young Bucks and Brian Cutler and all that nonsense, and we can go back to being the heavyweight champion, and I can get my wrestling god in the position i think he needs to be in. So that's going to be interesting. I if that's the route they go, i don't know what we do because obviously Kenny Omega as a heel is money. He can easily do that. However, he just went babyface. You know what i mean? So i don't know if we just instantly go back to being a heel. On the other hand, you know, Don Callis has been doing this flirtation with Takeshita and so maybe it's Kenny Omega, Takeshita, Don Callis sides with the new wrestling god, uh, or, you know, the new god of professional wrestling in Takeshita possibly. But we would need to build up Takeshita a lot because even though he's having all these fun matches, he's losing, loses to Eddie Kingston, loses to Danielson, loses to MJF, loses to Moxley, you know. So we would need him to go on a, on a real heater uh for the next few weeks for him to be a credible challenger to Kenny Omega. So it's interesting. Uh, you know, again, the, the the elite have fun with details and storytelling. And so I'm obviously really interested in this. Um but I am I'm cautious cuz I if if they're going the route that I think they are with Don Callis being the mastermind to get Kenny Omega away from his friends, We'll see how that plays out. So, we uh, after that segment go back into the ring. We get John Moxley, Stu Grayson. This is a typical John Moxley match without blood. Look at that. Note that down in the record book. He did not bleed. Did not bleed at all. But there was physicality. Uh, Tim and I were sitting on the uh, on the floor. And we heard up and close the the physicality, the brutality of the clotheslines and punches and suplexes. I mean, these two guys beat the shit out of each other in the best way possible, like in a very fun way. It wasn't necessarily dangerous or scary or, you know, are they going real on each other? You know, so uh, it was very fun. Um, and John Moxley gets the win as, you know, he probably should. He's a three-time champion, all of that. And Stu Grayson just came back. Uh, but post-match uh they're beating the hell out of them beat the hell beat, beat, you know um and uh then they get chased off and they're like yeah ah, ah, ah. and so there we go john moxley wins with the death rider i think it was off the it was an avalanche death rider so it was like off the top rope or something so uh good that he did that to give Stu Grayson a little bit of like hey he just didn't beat me with a roll-up um but yeah moxley wins they continue to bully the uh the dark order So I don't know if we're going to keep doing that. I think really the one that needs to be taking the initiative of uh, bullying the Dark Order is Yuda. I think the elders, right? So the Claudio and John Moxley, and again, Brian Danielson, maybe. I still don't know what his affiliation is with the Blackpool Combat Club. But I think they should say like, hey, take care of these nerds for us. We're going to be handling other business. And then it's Yuda trying to bully... Dark Order, but Dark Order's experience kind of gets one over on him, and, you know, I think that's an interesting story, and it gives everyone something to do with everyone kind of being on the same uh, level playing field, so, I don't know, just an idea. Uh, All right, so then we go backstage. Uh, Absolute Ricky Starks is being interviewed. He's pissed. He says, tired of this, Juice Robinson, come see me on Rampage. Saturday night, again, Friday is the Sweet 16, so uh, AEW Rampage is being um, pushed back one night. Uh, but Ricky Stark says, Juice, if you uh, uh, if you really want to fight me, I'm done talking. Come see me on Rampage and let's do the damn thing. So short and sweet to the point. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, I saw Rampage, but I don't want to tell you because I don't like spoilers because that's a dick move. So we come back from break. And we're doing QTV. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. I am indifferent so far. I think it's good. Cutie Marshall, breaking kayfabe here for a quick second, is fucking really good. He was uh, on Rampage, standing on the outside uh, while Powerhouse Hobbs wrestled. And he was absolutely demolishing fans who were trying to get one over on him he is the wittiest guy in recent memory on the outside dealing with fans so to have him in this uh, tmz role i think is good i just don't know if powerhouse hobbs fits in that the powerhouse hobbs tnt champion with a tmz gimmick manager again that just doesn't mix for me it's also kind of like that, the book of Hobbs powerhouse Hobbs. The coolest version of powerhouse Hobbs is when he's out in the snow wearing a fur coat and an overalls. And he looks like, you know, he's about to to rob you uh, just because he thinks it's fun to do. Like he's a, he's a, you know, as he said before, like he comes from the mean streets of California, like fuck around and find out, you know what I mean? And so I think we need to play into that more than this, Godlike presentation when he comes out, uh, you know, to the ring and then this TMZ thing. And now this, you know, and before that, it was a book of Hobbes. It just feels like we're doing too many gimmicks at one time. Just make him fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Just make him you, one. Here's the character I keep thinking about with Powerhouse Hobbs that would work the best. And obviously a 2023 version, right? Not the 1990 version, I'm going to tell you, but an updated version of Kama. Remember comma He then became the godfather. Uh, before that, he was Papa know, But the kick, uh, kick everyone's ass or kick every man's ass, I think it was, or kick all man's ass, something like that. It was an acronym. But he was just a dude with a big gold chain and a fun haircut, and he fucked you up. That's all we need with Powerhouse Hobbs. You know what I mean? That is all we need. And that's where I think we need to go with him instead of this books and tmz and look at the god presentation miss me with all that let's just get to brass tacks and have them kicking people's ass that's what i think but in this qtv um segment they're running down pinta or they're running down ray phoenix and then they say pinta again kind of long story short fuck around and find out like Let's see what you're about. Come see us Saturday night on Rampage. And spoiler alert, I won't tell you who won or anything like that, but the match fucking ruled. So I would check it out if I were you. Um, okay. So after that, friends, it's right before the main event. So you know what time it is. And if you want to say it with me, we'll do a little countdown. So in three, two, one it's time for the women here is our one woman match uh it is sky blue taking on tony storm and this was good this was fine didn't hate anything uh didn't necessarily um you know tweet live about it and say hey everyone stop what you're doing and watch the match uh it served its purpose tony storm gets the victory uh post-match they're gonna beat her up and then Rio with a with a pipe comes running down and then the world's greatest human willow nightingale uh, runs down and chases them off okay like it's fine cool we still get the heels we get the baby faces established a little bit more There are some people that are missing still, I think, as far as like really doubling down and identifying it as this group versus that group. Because we got the heels pretty established, right? It's Soraya, it's uh, Ruby Soho, it's Tony Storm. Boom, that's pretty concrete of who the heels are. But the baby faces, it's Rio, and it's Sky Blue, uh, and it's Britt Baker, and it's Jamie Hayter. Is it Hakaro Shida? I think uh, so. So it's kind of jumbled. Like, who's going to take the initiative and say, "Like, what's up? It's me and my two girls. We're beating the outcast ass at the next pay per view." That's what I'm waiting for. I'm also waiting for, as I mentioned, uh, in that kind of pseudo, "Who is it?" on the babyface side. But Hakaro Shida. This is this all started with her, if you recall. Um, you know. It was her wanting to be picked as the partner for Soraya. Soraya kind of says like, "Not homegrown talent. I'm not going with her. I'm going with Tony Storm. She's the WWE girl." And so that's the kind of genesis of the storyline. But as soon as that happened, Hikaru Shida fumbles her kendo stick around, and then we never see her again. So, oh, right, that's kind of weird. Uh, maybe she comes out as a reveal and joins the outcast because maybe she does feel like an outcast. I don't know. All I do know is the one thing that I one million percent want out of this storyline more than anything else, and I'm being completely honest with you all. Willow Nightingale needs to be the shining star. I think she is the most lovable, great women's wrestler right now. She has all the vibes of NXT Bailey with a little bit more physicality. And so that's where I think, you know, she needs to be the star. I would still, as mentioned before, when we were kind of fantasy booking this, Jade Cargill needs to be the what's up, right? Like, check me out. I'm the fucking uh, face of this division. But the baby face that we can all get behind and buy the t-shirts and do the dances, like it needs to be pushed to the moon. It's Willow Nightingale. So- Oh, hey, look at this. Jeffrey Sills in the chat. He says, what's up, Tom? Sorry to join the show late, but I'm here. Uh, You're not wearing a hat. I'm not. Um, So the reason I've been wearing a hat, complete transparency, is with the chemo pill, um, my hair is thinning pretty bad. And uh, I guess might as well. We're all friends. We're all friends here. Speaking among friends. um, I am, unfortunately, uh, I got a... I got an appointment next week and I'm going to be starting radiation. And uh, of the two, chemo and radiation, uh, all signs and data points to radiation is the kick in the dick. Um, So uh, we'll see how that treats me in the coming weeks. But I didn't wear a hat because um, I, I, I wanted to, you know, while it's here, show it off. I've been wearing a hat because I've been self-conscious, but tonight I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna lose all this shit temporarily, motherfuckers better find out that this locks of hair right here is looking good. You know what I'm saying? Look at that. Well tight. Whew, am looking good. Um, but anyhow, he continues. He says, uh not wearing a hat, your mind must still be blown from Vikingo. Vikingo, that's what it is, right? Vikingo. And Kenny, six stars. We'll get to it. That's coming up next. Uh, then he says, good women's match. Love seeing Rio uh, wield the lead pipe as big as her. No shit. And I tell you what, that was the first time I can recall seeing her that close. And she's tinier than what I thought. Going back to when I was at Tuesday's basketball thing, she was also there. I believe two basketballs are bigger than her. If you were to If you were to stack two basketballs on top of each other, that's real except for it's not as white it's skinnier than that um oh she has been injured she has injured and she's been for a few months okay oh uh-huh. still like you don't need to have her be physical as Assu- assuming she could walk i don't know what the injury is but assuming she could walk Still have her out there. Right. But I don't know. Again, she also probably needs rest. So I'm probably being selfish there. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Sills continues. He says we need a blood and guts match and we need Rio looking like Eddie Kingston from the anarchy in the arena. Boy, that'd be a shirt. I ain't lying about that. That would be a shirt. Rio with her pipe bleeding from her head. And she always wears it seems like she's always wearing some type of white Um uh, uh skirt and top and so cover that in blood and have her walking down the ramp boy you might get her some new fans I might be a new fan if she's doing that kind of shit I'll tell you what get rid of this I'm a little girl stuff and get into the big girl pants and we're doing some some mean women shit I might like that uh and then, oh, and then Jeffrey Sills. Again, beer sponsor of the week. Still drinking off that beer. Appreciate it. Irish Ale Boulevard, Kansas City. If you're ever in Kansas City, got to pick up some Boulevard. It's amazing. Uh, he says, I have a nice uh, salad on my head. Bro, my hair is thinning on. it's from Oh, it's from Mother Nature. Well, hey, look, that also sucks. This is, you know, look, my hair can go. It's fine. I need this to go, right? My, my tumors is over here in the rotator cuff so that's the shit that needs to go away but uh jeffrey definitely appreciate all the kind words and joining me tonight um in the chat and as mentioned each and every week check us out uh at table show we will let you know when we go live typically it's tim and i but tim is traveling i think he has a birthday party in florida that sounds right um so rolling solo tonight but it's typically both of us And follow us on social media. You'll know when we go live. It's typically Thursday nights. Sometimes it's Wednesday if Tim has a conflict. Um, But yeah, hang out with us. We like to talk to you, just like we're talking to Jeffrey Sills right now. All right. And as he mentioned, that main event, we get into it here. So it is Kenny Omega and Vikingo. Vikingo. And yeah, this was pretty crazy. This is what I'll tell you about it. As mentioned, I'm not for a lot of the, I'm waiting in the, standing in the ring, always catching his balance, but I got to still stand here. I'm not a huge fan of that. And there were a couple moments of that, not going to lie. However, the gauge of a good match is by the reaction of my brother in law. So I have a brother in law. Who is not a pro wrestling fan? He is a casual fan at best. Um, but he likes to go to the shows. He, he finds them fun. He initially was going to the Raw and SmackDowns with me. Complete transparency, thought they were boring. So I was like, try these AEW shows. And he loves the AEW shows. He thinks the AEW shows are fun. It's more of a concert like feel, he says. But with the matches, he kind of just observes it and Oh, that's fun. Okay, that's fun. MJF promos, you know, he'll giggle at and stuff like that. But for the in-ring action, it's, you know, thumbs up from him, right? However, last night when Kenny Omega is laying on that table and Vikingo does the, what is it? 1080, I don't know what the fuck, the million flips, million spins, Sonic the Hedgehog into Kenny Omega's chest. He popped for that. I looked over and his jaw was down. He saw, you know, he had the like, what the fuck did I just watch? And I was like, okay, that's a sign of a good match. No bullshit. No, you know, what I like, what I don't like. If I can, or if if someone can get him to react in that way, you got something. And this was really fun. Uh, Some of my observations, again, being there live, uh, Vikingo, pretty small, kind of looked like a little boy. So at certain times it kind of looked mean that Kenny Omega was beating him up because it was like, that's a child. Stop beating up a child. He looks like he's 14. But that's, again, me just being a little prick. Um, Kenny Omega, I thought, did really well bordering on the line of baby face and heel. You know, sometimes he was relishing in the fact that he was inflicting damage and his eyes got big and he kind of was really into, like, hurting uh, Vikingo. And then other times, you know, he was sympathetic and he's selling and oh man, my body hurts and we're let's go Kenny. So he did a really good blend of both baby face and heel. And I thought it was good that he won. I thought honestly going into it, I really thought Vikingo was going to win because of shenanigans from the Blackpool Comet Combat Club. And that would cost Kenny Omega the match. However, Kenny Omega gets the victory straight up. One winged angel. No one kicks out of it uh, unless you're John Moxley. Which side note, side quest. I know that Abushi is the one, the only one to kick out of it. But go back to the barbed wire death match. John Moxley kicks out of it. You can't tell me otherwise. When when Kenny Omega hits the one winged angel, and John Moxley, I, I can't remember it specifically, but he kicks him into the ropes, and it explodes he that's a kick out to me so john moxley's also also on the list but nonetheless what the bigger point is is when kenny omega hits that fucking move it's game over and it was here in this match so kenny omega picks up the victory after every type of flip kick you know frankensteiner uh reversal all the shit you could think of was packed into this 20 minute match i thought the length of it was pretty good too for it being a dream match it got the time i thought it needed so that was also pretty cool um and so yeah kenny omega gets the victory post-match he's getting interviewed and he's like hey yeah this is great vikingo he he was really good, and before he could really even say anything, Blackpool Combat Club comes out. And they're gonna kick the shit out of Kenny Omega. Um, 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 they're hitting them. They're hitting them. Hitting them. And then we go back, and we go uh, to uh, the outside, and stealing an ambulance, stealing an Independence ambulance truck. Hangman was Hangman Adam Page and lights are on. He's doing his best Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonation, driving that son of a bitch back to the arena, jumps out, and he's coming down. So as Blackpool Combat Club's beating up on Kenny Omega, we got Hangman with, it was like a a piece of wood with with nails in it, which I thought that was a cool touch. I was like, Jesus Christ, he got nails? Like, what the, okay, man, we're trying to really kill people here? All right. He comes in there, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, they 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 patter out, and we're doing this whole thing where uh Hangman's like, "Get out of here!" and Bicycle Combat Club kind of is like, "Well, maybe not yet." And they're kind of teasing that they might get back in there. All the while, Kenny Omega is, is beat up; he's down and out, not really in there. But then Don Callis's bitch ass, with his cool ass shoes, walks into the ring, and and then I was confused. Live, I thought it was a bad bump. Live now, I watched it again today, and I think it was a Don Callis made it look like Hangman hurt him. But in the moment, at, in the crowd, I was like, "Man, that looked like shit." But Don Callis throws himself to the ground again on a second watch uh, on TV, and then from the announcers, they basically said that Don Callis took a dive to make Hangman look bad. And as Hangman turns around, Kenny Omega notices that. Don Callis is on the ground. Don Callis points to Hangman. Again, I didn't see that live, but on, on the TV, they showed it. Points to Hangman's like, he did this to me. And then Kitty Omega's like, you son of a bitch. You're gonna come out and help us, but then you're gonna take out Don? Like, what the fuck, man? And so they go out and Hangman's like, "What? A- I was just trying to do the right thing. Like, that's all I was doing. And then we go, that's the end of the show. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a really fun way to end the end the uh, episode of Dynamite. Another thing that I would mention, um, I do not typically watch uh, BTE. I'll watch some clips if something goes viral or if there's an inside joke about Hangman and CM Punk, I'll watch something like that. But generally, I do not watch a lot of it. However, I was told, watch the end of BTE for this week. And it was really good. And it feeds into this story. So if you haven't seen that, I would definitely say watch the last two minutes of the newest episode of BTE. But if you don't want to watch it, I'll tell you now, how it goes down is we see Matt Jackson in his living room and he gets on his phone and he fires up the old group chat with Nick Jackson, Hangman and Kenny Omega, the elite, right? Going back to the original AEW days, that's the four of them. They're all hanging out. So he fires up the uh, the uh, chat and he's like, "Hey boys, how are we doing? You know, let's get back on the horse or however he says it." Right? Nick Jackson says, "Hell yeah!" Hangman sends the uh, cowboy emoji, and then we wait a couple beats, and then Kenny Omega leaves the conversation. Are we are we pivoting? Is it Kenny Omega now out in the cold? And it's Hangman and the Young Bucks are together. I don't know. Again, they like to do fun things with their stories and they like to, you know, get into the weeds. And that makes it good for the uh, viewer who really is investing their time. Uh, So I expect something good to come out of both BT and the end of this uh, Dynamite episode, but it'll be interesting. Let me know what you guys think. Again, uh, if you have a Longer thought, tableshow at gmail.com. If uh, you just have a quick thought on it, uh, Twitter, uh, hashtag tweet the table, or just send us a tweet at tableshow. Uh And then, again, next week as uh, Tim and I are back on the horse doing this damn thing, uh, join in the live chat and let us know what you think will happen with the elite. But after the night was over, I really think it's Don Callis that is the the stir of the drink as as some say he's the one getting everything riled up into positions that he will want to benefit from as mentioned earlier in the episode i don't know that that's that's a little scary because i don't think you go kenny omega instantly back to being a heel i don't know if don Callis flourishes without kenny omega and goes with Takeshita. So it'll be interesting. I, I'm very curious on how this develops. Um, also, you know, again, really cool to see a AAA talent in AEW. Hope to see more of that. Uh, you know, you can get uh, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti defending. Or no, they got, they got stripped of those titles. Maybe they wrestle for him again in a mixed tag on AEW. We get a mixed tag match on AEW against the AAA mixed tag team champions, you know, do something like that. Um, Jeffrey Sills says, oh, that Frankensteiner on the top rope. Yeah, so that Frankensteiner on the top rope that Kenny Omega took, uh, and he says, I thought Kenny was dead, Kenny was dead. that was going towards us. So we were on the other side of that. So we were facing it. And as he falls, my wife, who was also with us, was just like, is he okay? And I was like, you know, we're going to find out if the match stops right here. Obviously not. It was it was legit as it comes being there in person. So it was cool. Uh, and then Jeffrey Sills continues. Don is setting things up. I think he's going to show Kenny the tape. Ooh, That's a great callback. I've mentioned that. We haven't revisited that. And for those who don't know necessarily what the tape is, and Jeffrey, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe what you're talking about is when Kenny Omega lost his championship to hangman at the pay-per-view and it was the young bucks who gave hangman the nod of approval like go ahead do your damn thing and then the next night kenny omega says like hey guys man that sucked but you know i gotta recover and i'll be back and young bucks didn't say shit they just kind of kept quiet now if you recall adam cole was also there and he's like oh i'll be the leader now i don't know if we're gonna go back that way i don't know if we're gonna come bringing Adam Cole out of what he's doing into the storyline but the Young Bucks having to pay for the disobedience of not following Don Callis and Kenny Omega that would be interesting I like that um but yeah uh friends I have been gas bagging now yeah so thank you so you're correct even though you don't fact check you just drop facts you know what that's what I'm saying. Thank you so much. You know, people, people need to know that you don't need facts to be right. I'm kidding. You should always know your shit, but you get what I'm saying. It's it's wrestling. Who cares? Right. Um, but guys, I've been gas bagging now officially for one hour. So I am going to wrap it up because you guys are probably uh, tired of hearing my voice, but it was great to talk to you. Uh, let me know how I did Again send an email Tableshow at gmail.com Hashtag tweet the table uh, With your thoughts uh, Next week uh, Again we'll announce When we're going to go live On YouTube Join Jeffrey And sometimes Theo And sometimes Justin And sometimes a couple other people uh, In the live chat And talk amongst yourselves Talks to us And uh, let's just hang out And talk some pro wrestling So until next time Tim will be joining us Uh, the better half of the Spanish Announce Table. And we will talk to you then. Bye-bye. The Spanish Announce Table.